Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. On the show this week, we'll be discussing Nintendo, The Legend of Zelda, E3, game announcements, and Mighty Number no. 9. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Fergus. Hey, hey. Medi. Hello, everybody. And Kevin. Uh, hello. Kevin, you've returned. How is E3? <laughs> Uh, it was nuts. I absolutely love my time at E3. Like, I know, I know a lot of people have sort of given up on it because it's a lot of hype and a lot of, uh, you know, just stuff on show. But, oh, I, I really think it was something like a bucket list thing. Like, every gamer sort of got to do it. Um, and I can't wait for Press Start, the whole team, to get there because it, it was really one of the best experiences of my life. One of the most craziest experiences of my life, but also one of the best. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super keen to go one day. It's like a lifelong dream of mine. So hopefully that'll that'll happen sooner rather than later. Um, so what was so crazy about it? Was there just like masses of people everywhere? Was it like the light and the sound, or what was it that was so crazy? Yeah, they they really go all out at E3. Like oh, the bo- all the booths were like insane. Um, a ton of media personalities. I got a bit of like, you know, a bit of shock from seeing like sort of the big 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 names like kind of funny whatever we bumped into them like six times uh bumped into like angry joe bumped into the creator of castlevania koji something i can't pronounce his last was name was he wearing his hat <laughs> he, was, he was yeah he was wearing cowboy hat <laughs> um, <laughs> um bumped into like during the recall behind closed doors bumped into the creator of Mega Man, the kg inafune uh he also created mighty number no. nine which is what we're going to be talking about later um so yeah it was just really cool um yeah um and like their presentation's like amazing like they really do go all out like if you think pax is cool like in australia e3 is like on a whole nother level like like this is this is where everyone comes together so it was just really overwhelming but also just amazing to like sort of absorb everything yeah, that's awesome. Well, it was a lot of fun to cover as well. If you missed any of our E3 coverage, it is all over on the website, uh, pressstart.com.au. We've got full wrap-ups of all the conferences and a bunch of follow-up news all for you there. Kevin and Shannon Ross are real busy recording a lot of off-screen gameplay of them playing some of the games hands-on and writing up some of their thoughts too, so look out for all of that. Uh, but let's begin, as we always do, by seeing what we've been playing the past fortnight. Kevin, back to you. I assume you were pretty busy, didn't get much chance to play any games. Nah, I mean, I just got home and I've been playing The Witcher, and that's lit- literally Ah, it. Return to The Witcher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll, I mean... we'll pick your brain in a second as to what your favorite games were for uh, for E3. I'm sure you'll have plenty to talk about there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you, do you want me to, like, name my favorite games now? No, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. That's oh, okay, be yeah. topic number two. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt like I interrupted you on something about The Witcher, so I was just giving you some room to pick that up again if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you good? Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty good, yeah, like, because the Blood and Wine expansion came out, so I've oh, decided to give it another run through, and, you know, it, it's even better on PC. I'm pretty sure, I like, last podcast I was on, I pretty much said the same thing, so, I mean... Mm. But that's literally all I've been playing, so I'm just going to leave it for now. <laughs> yeah, it's on my to-return-to list, uh, but I've got to get to Doom before that, I think. Uh, Fergus, what about you? What have you been up to, sir? Uh, well, I've been massively busy uh, <coughs> covering the Sydney Film Festival, uh, but oh, wow. I did squeeze in a bit of time for games. Mm. I continued my Dragon Age adventures. I'm about 40 hours in now to this right. playthrough of mm-hmm. Inquisition. So we're sort of 
in the second half of the game, I'm finding myself actually paying more attention to the crafting mechanics this time around. I'm just trying to take as much of it in as I can. Cool. Um, Excellent. Yeah. I'm what I what I I'm also sort of actually taking the time to try and make my character good, not just push through the story content like I did the first time. Um, when I replayed Origins recently, I reached this point where I, I built my character as a tank, and by the end of the game, uh, dragons would pick me up and just do a stream of zeros would fly out of me. I had wow. such high defensive stats, so I'm pushing to try and hit a similar like plateau of power level in this playthrough, but not quite there yet. Well, that um, sounds like it would require quite quite diligent and careful play, so uh, I respect yeah. you for that, man. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, I've also picked up Heroes of the Storm again. Oh, yep. Uh, just been playing a bit of that. Um, just seeing what's what's new with that, trying out the new heroes. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. It's a good way to sort of um, calm those I really need to buy Overwatch sort of cravings. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've put down this. Overwatch for the past week. I can and pretend week. it's like Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I've like put it aside for the last week and have been playing some uh, of Uncharted 4's multiplayer again uh, with a couple of mates um, and my brother, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, that It's a really solid multiplayer, and I think I maybe overlooked it a little bit, so uh, it's been fun returning to that. But what about yourself, Medi? What have you been up to? Uh, well, at E3, they obviously they announced uh, Forza Horizon 3, so I thought mm. I'd pick up number two again. So basically, I've been grinding to get 100% in that, which is going to last me about another 50 hours at this point. <laughs> but uh, I got an Elite Controller in, so uh, I'm all set for the next 72 hours, I guess. Very nice, very nice. I bet you're super psyched for Forza Horizon 3, yeah? I'm going to fight to review that one. It's going to be a battle with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think there'll be a few eager beavers there. Well, let's jump into the topics. We'll get back to some more specific sort of E3 game of the show discussion later on. But first, we have to discuss Nintendo's presence at E3. Uh, last last week, we had a two-hour special in which we unpacked most of the conferences, but Nintendo's hadn't happened at the time. Uh, so I feel it necessary to discuss now. Uh, so who wants to, to kick things off? Who's got something pretty exciting to discuss about nintendo i imagine kevin particularly <laughs> eager um yeah i mean I, i'm happy to run through what we experienced at e3 yeah and, that'd be great and basically it was the most amazing display like the most amazing booth ever i've ever seen um and this was this was a e3 that was very strong in my opinion not just because mm. i went um, i legitimately thought it was really strong um and, you know, I was coming into E3, I thought, on oh, Nintendo, then they're phoning it in, they're not going to bother. But, my God, they went all all out under this, like, just the display alone. Like, it was it was insane. Um, so, basically, there's a big entrance. Um, right before everyone came, like, they let people in, there was, like, a trailer playing of Breath of the Wild. And as soon as the trailer ended, the screen lifted up and the entrance opened and it was a big, like... Uh, it was like a portal sort of thing. It, it was related to the game. I just can't remember what it was called. And inside the whole booth, it was a huge booth, and there were like about, you know, fifty demo units set up for Breath of the Wild, and um, just a ton of like, like displays everywhere, like a ton of props. Um, and the whole the whole booth had been turned inside out, like into like, like a Legend of Zelda sort of area, and it was just absolutely magnificent. I'm pretty sure we took a ton of photos and. We tried to get a bit of video as well, but 
Um, yeah, so the booth was insane. Uh, let me talk about the demo a little. Uh, this is probably... Like, Shannon and I wrote an article and we both agreed that this was basically our game of the show. And I'm someone who doesn't love Legend of Zelda. Like, I've played about half the games, but uh, I've never really gotten into it. Um, and Shannon, I think, is similar. But we walked away like, holy crap, this was amazing. Like, they've really, really changed uh, the gameplay, all the mechanics. Um, it really feels like an open world. Like, it's absolutely huge. And there were a ton of, like, unscripted moments that we, like, experienced, and they felt so organic and real. Like, it, it had to have been scripted, but it wasn't. Um, mm. One of my favorite bits was probably we were just exploring an area, and there was, a, like, a big rock, and it was just motionless. And then, because uh, Shannon was playing, so he hit the rock, and it, it turned into, like, a giant golem. So yeah. it was, and we were like, oh, my God, how am I going to kill this? And we spent, like, ten minutes trying to kill it, but it was, like, way too hard for us to kill, so we just ran away. um yeah and like just the world of hyrule is just absolutely insane the graphics were really really nice um we only had about 30 minutes i think for the free run demo and then we had a 30 minute like story demo Mm. um but we did experience a lot of mechanics like you know you've got destructible weapons you've got you can create like you can create recipes and food to heal yourself um you've got to collect ingredients and stuff it was just absolutely insane and like there was no hand holding it was all just sort of throw you into the mix and i know uh zelda games have had a real problem with like uh like a like heavy tutorials and like a character that always follow you around going hey listen to me you know um but this one felt completely different it was just absolutely insane and the combat's been sort of reinvented as well i mean you're still locking into enemies you're still parrying attacks um, but there's like a ton of different weapons you can like fight with sticks you can fight with axes and spears and like each one feels so different and you can always sw- and you can swap really quickly between them um so it's just oh it was so good and I, I i'm not a, like i'm not a nintendo fanboy i'm not a zelda fanboy this is me genuinely saying this was game of the show for me like it was just that good and and a little bonus um when we were playing our demo uh the creator of zelda himself uh, Miyamoto, he was walking around and talking to people, and we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Zelda was obviously the main feature for Nintendo at E3, and it looked very, very impressive indeed. Um, I think, despite the sort of criticism. Uh, revolving around its visuals and how it was initially presented and how it looks now uh, differing. I think it looks absolutely incredible. Um, it uh, it reinvigorated my interest in The Legend of Zelda quite substantially, I think. I've only sort of dabbled in it uh, a little bit, you know, played a bit of Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess and uh, Phantom Hourglass, you know, a few, but um, this looked uh, like it was going to get the hooks in me and that I was really going to enjoy it. Um, it's obviously kind of borrowed a lot from sort of more contemporary RPGs, uh, especially sort of open world RPGs. I saw stuff in it that reminded me of The Witcher. I'm sure Fergus may have seen stuff that reminded him of Dragon Age. So I think it's very in tune with where the genre is currently, um, which I respect them immensely for. Um, also thought the Amiibos looked really cool. I am yet to buy an Amiibo, but I'm tempted to get all three of those Zelda ones announced. They that's how they get you. Really, really yeah, cool. That, that's how they get you, yeah. <laughs> It'll be that, and then I have to go back and get all the previous Zelda ones, and then it'd be like, oh, I mean, I'll just get like, a so it, it only like, makes sense to do it and... that way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but what about yourself, Maddie? Was there anything from Nintendo's conference that grabbed you in the slightest? Did Zelda look of interest to you? Maybe some of the new Pokemon stuff they showed off? I am literally the worst person on this planet <laughs> to ask about Nintendo, to be honest. I, I thought agree. I was pretty bad. <laughs> I must agree, Zelda You're looked pretty good, <laughs> but even there, I'm like, it it didn't completely click. It was impressive to me, but it I don't know, maybe it just didn't do it for me. I did hear about that someone was leaking the demo on the um, stage floor, I, I think. At least there was a tweet about it that somebody was a, um, copying the demo onto an SD card. I think that's hilarious. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I oh, think this disaster. isn't the first time that it's happened because it happened with Skyward Sword a few years back as well. So maybe people so. will get to play this sooner rather than later. This is what happens when you let let riffraff like Kevin into E3. Like this happened. <laughs> it I was it me happened. oh god <laughs> yeah um i did um, think it was pretty cool of sorry after i guess i'll let you have a oh, word no, there. i was, what was just that? gonna chime in i don't have uh too many specific zelda thoughts as i don't have a huge background with the series but i did find it really interesting that uh it was like probably one of the biggest uh and most memorable debuts of this year's e3 but it came quite late mm. over the over the course of it i feel yeah. like usually all the review uh the debuts happen to be at the start and then the third day is usually when it, things sort of peter out but it felt like uh breath of the wild yeah right? yeah yep, yep. That's it. um it felt like breath of the wild uh sort of i know revived a lot of the second half i guess or yeah. yeah, yeah, it did. There was a sudden sort of, you know, there was obviously like a lapse of interest in E3, I guess, kind of once the conference is wrapped up, but then this kind of direct happened, or, or not a direct, it was a treehouse hangout live thing, I don't know what it's called, uh, but it was a bit more kind of laid back and kind of casual, I guess, um, but yeah, certainly what they were showing excited people nonetheless. Um, I did think it was rather kind of unceremonious the way they announced this game, like compared to uh, Sony's conference where they had like a live orchestra playing all the music for that throughout the conference and you have um uh kojima kind of enter the stage from like this long like walk in and then just say i'm back like awesome kind of mic drop moments like that, oh, that and that then was so good yes yeah, like so so and cool he, like walked ahead of like the light show yeah yeah oh. that like you just an awesome e3 <laughs> moment there like one for the record books that was <laughs> but then uh like yeah like you just had like a couple of of presenters kind of hanging out in a treehouse apparently just kind of like ah oh, you want to play some legend of zelda it's called breath of the wild yay let's play some now it's <laughs> like okay i, I kind of wanted to see a bit more kind of firework and and pomp and ceremony i guess but uh mm. yeah you know it was it was cool what they showed off nonetheless and i think um i think pokemon fans would be particularly excited about what they kind of showed off of sun and moon and pokemon go as well once again if you want to check out any more information on that head over to the website we've got you all covered there oh i also wanted to note i thought the um indie games that they announced was pretty cool uh really great to see severed um, coming across, we uh, mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that that was one of my favorite games of the year, um, along with games like Axiom Verge coming across too. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but, guys, let's throw it back to you. I want to know what your favorite games of E3 2016 were. Fergus, perhaps we'll start with you. What was your game of the show? Feel free to pick a handful Ooh, if you like. I was 
really, 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 really impressed with uh, Prey, the Prey reboot. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Mm. I think we're all going to be quite different here. Let's go on. <laughs> Tell us what you like um, about Prey. Well, first of all, I, I was like, I was very taken by just how radically different it looks and how, like, I really like the look of that whole Space Bounty Hunter Prey reboot they were working on a few years ago. Mm. But this looks almost uh, Soma-esque. Yeah. Yeah, and I was and the idea of like a big budget AAA Soma type uh, sci-fi horror game by the people who made Dishonored sounds pretty compelling. Um, and just the way they're sort of reworking that Prey brand into a, I guess, just a new thing. It like I mean, technically it's a reboot, but in but it may as well be a new IP, and that was just very exciting to me going oh this is something i necessarily haven't seen before um yeah i don't know bethesda's conference was the, probably the one that stuck with me the most mm-hmm. like sony had more of those oh, moments oh <laughs> whoops there, there goes your that's all good tag. 18 minutes um, i need to bleep it there <laughs> all good uh no but bethesda had i guess there was more. I was more interested, I guess, to see what Bethesda would offer. I sort of just, yeah, um, and I was like, oh, they're doing a Overwatch style Quake game. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, what's this sci-fi thing? Oh, it's Prey, huh? And that sort of stuck with me as something that I like. I want to see more of what that is. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah. I think as someone that's kind of not really had a connection with with the original Prey, uh, I I dabbled in it a very very small amount um but i think there was enough shown to really interest me as someone not connected with the the history behind Mm. that game um so yeah i'd agree with you i think that looks pretty exciting not my game in the show but pretty exciting nonetheless do you have any kind of runners up maybe like a second or third place getter oh um it's not we didn't see any gameplay or anything but i did i did definitely uh have some feelings about hideo kojima's thing yeah uh Oh gosh! Death, death Stranding, I think. Death Stranding, Stranding. Yeah, death. Yeah, yeah de- Death Stranding, um, other way around. Stranding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching. I was very surprised they actually had anything to show. I thought maybe we get like concept art and a title. I did not expect a full cinematic. Thing. No. Um, seemed really early, but I also was like, "Great, that looks crazy. Can't wait." Yeah. Um, <clears throat> cool. Cool. Uh, I was surprised by the lack of Red Dead, given all the rumors. Yeah, um, well, there's some more rumors circulating about that, but um, best yeah. perhaps discuss that another time, I think. Good, good. Um, um, there was something else, but it's escaping my mind yeah, right now. That's cool. It might, it might come up further else? in the discussion, I guess. Yeah, bounce back to me. Yeah, sure. No worries. No worries. Uh, what about yourself, Mehdi? <clears throat> Uh, my game show was definitely God of War. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, the second that orchestra started playing, I already knew what it was. Yeah. And yeah. The, it's like there have been rumors about the whole Morse not reboot, but more like refreshing of the franchise. And I'm I'm really happy with the direction they've taken it in. Because mm. I've always been a very big fan of the franchise. <laughs> Only when Ascension came out, a lot of players, including me, you can definitely feel that the formula was getting 
exhausted a bit. I mean, all the gods, all the Greek gods were dead. Uh, the world was basically in ruin. Like, there was no place for the franchise to really go. And now in the way that they're resetting it, also changing up the gameplay a lot. It's, um... No, it's it's really one of my most anticipated titles now. It's uh, especially the opening. I mean, the crowd went nuts once Kratos yeah. went, got on screen. It's seriously one of my favorite moments of E3 as well. Like you could see the game. I think it was the game director. You could see him on the camera on the side. You you could see the smile on the guy's face once the applause started. It was really mm. a great thing to see. Mm, it was. It was very moving, wasn't it? Just just seeing that much excitement for a game. Very exciting. Um, I've got to agree with you there. Like, God of the War was, was such an awesome way to open that, that conference. Uh, and once again, like, I've never had much of a connection with the God of War franchise, but seeing that game, seeing the sort of narrative direction that it's taking, uh, just how visually amazing it looked... Um, desperately want made me want to play it and ultimately i guess that's like what you want to see from a game like you want to see gameplay that immediately makes you want to get your hands on it and play it yourself um in addition to that it also made me want to go back and play the god of war games that i hadn't hadn't experienced um like literally as we're speaking now it's just reminded me and i pulled up the page to see where i can get a the god of war collection um so you know it's kind of made that connection to me much in the way that i guess uh the legend of zelda did as well um but do you have a a second and third place as well maddie well i got um first i got another thing another thing for god of war it's about the whole narrative thing it's Mm. like the funny thing is the god of war games are amazing games but you're probably watching the trailer for the new one. You'll care more yeah. about Kratos in those 10 minutes than you will in the entire franchise. Yeah. That's the entire point. He is basically a voided up, anger-filled <laughs> throughout the entire franchise. That's basically what the God of War franchise has been up to this point. Mm. And that's really the big difference we've got now. Like They're going deeper into the character. They're adding... Humanity, uh, I think was one of the quotes, was the God of War is the journey of Kratos teaching his son to be a god and his son teaching him to be a man again. Like, they're Mm. finally adding this emotional depth to the point that they even have a new voice actor because they have to give this whole new dimension to the character. And it's like, um, a lot of people are noting that it has a lot of influences from The Last of Us, and mm. setting-wise, setting, setting wise, I don't agree, but I do agree that the that a lot of Sony games are now getting the Naughty Dog influence, that they are trying to go deeper into storytelling, that um, basically their lineup is maturing a bit in that aspect. Yeah. I, I wonder if that can be sustained over the course of a whole action game, though, um, that emotional sort of element that they hinted at in in that gameplay footage yeah i maybe not to the same extent that might have been like a particularly potent moment that they showcased um you know i think much in the way that the last of us had these kind of really kind of gripping kind of character driven sections uh but also had quite kind of thrilling survival horror sort of elements too so there was like a nice kind of alternating pace um I think uh, I think Naughty Dog are able to do that, and I think a lot of people have seen, like, learned 
uh, from them by example. Um, so I think that's going to become quite a common practice. Um, I think on the whole, game developers are getting better at telling stories. Um, just there's been like a, a nice sort of natural build and kind of development process, I guess, um, from one developer to the next. And I, I just really love the kind of direction that video games are going in at the moment. It, like this E3 just made me really excited. Um, you've got kind of games that's like like slope or no, not slope, steep that we steep. talked about that <laughs> Ubisoft game. Um, that just kind of favored like pure gameplay and exploration, like really kind of got the, the sort of blood pumping and then others that really had this narrative focus. So I quite liked that duplicity, I guess, that was occurring. Um, but yeah, to your question, Fergus, like I, I, I think that it's doable. I certainly hope it is. Mm. Uh, Mehdi, as a God of War fan, how do you feel about uh, the name just being God of War again? Um, on one hand, I can see uh, to some people how it might be confusing. Like a lot of people have been saying, "Yeah, this is a complete reboot." Like it's it's not. It is a sequel because you see the ties, like you see the scar from the sword in his uh, stomach from God of War Three. You see the scars from the um, chaos change on his arms, like when he uses the Spartan rage. You see those scars light up, and you see, uh, you know, the ash from his family on a skin again it's like um it's it's not really i think the title is good because it's a fresh start because it has that it's gonna have that gameplay from the old franchise with the epic set pieces you know it's gonna be there but it's uh, the the pacing is different and we've got a different you know different theme so i think especially now we're in a new generation because Technically, this is the first God of War game this generation, if you're not going to count uh, the remaster of the third one. Like, it's this fresh start, so I think starting off with the simple God of War title is the best way to go in this case. Mm. Okay, cool. Cool, and was there anything else besides God of War that you wanted to give a shout out to? Um, obviously I liked Force Horizon, but there is mm -hmm. one game I have to put over it, and that's simply because I'm a Marvel fan, Insomniac uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my list, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it, what about that it particularly excited you? Was it Insomniac's name being attached to it? Um, not even Insomniac's name attached to it, but the gameplay itself, because... They tweeted yesterday, it is gameplay footage, most of it. I'm like, this is the Spider-Man game I never thought I'd get to see. Like, I expected the IP to really stay in that Activision thing, like, like we're just getting tie-ins after tie-in. But this is really the kind of superhero game that I've always wanted, to be honest. Like, to finally be able to see this kind of... Yeah, visual fidelity and the potential storytelling from Insomniac. Just, it, it's great to see. Like, there's one shot of Spider-Man. He, basically, he jumps off the edge of a building and he does a backflip. And there is um, there's a clip from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he does a kind of similar kind of jump. And then when you actually put the two next to each other, the game actually looks better than the movie. And it's like, uh, like that's really not something I ever thought I'd see. And it, like it has me hyped like a twelve-year-old kid again. Seriously. 
Very, very cool. Uh, well, you guys have mentioned a lot of mine. Um, before we go to Kevin, who's probably the most official sort of verdict, as he actually got to go hands-on <laughs> with some of these games. Uh, yeah, got to agree with uh, Death Stranding. I thought, you know... It just looked absolutely bonkers, uh, as we'd expect from Kojima. Uh, so very excited to see more of that. Also, yeah, Spider-Man, God of War, all got me really excited. Um, but a couple that gone unmentioned that I want to give a shout-out to, uh, one would be Days Gone. Um, I have a lot of respect for Sony Bend and their, their work. I believe they're quite talented developers, and they've been hard at work on this. Uh, and it's remained a secret for a very long time. I think it's really cool to see Sam Witwer as to play the lead. Um, the zombies look absolutely crazy in it uh and uh i thought that looked very exciting i certainly got last Us vibes from it um albeit and maybe a bit more sort of action intensive sort of setting i suppose um also wanted to give a shout out to state of decay 2 big fan of the original state of decay and i'm stoked to see them bring them uh see them bring multiplayer into into the second um i agree yeah, very, that very exciting. I have not played State of Decay. Yeah, yeah, like, it was just a game perfect for multiplayer. Um, yeah. People have been clamoring for it for a long, long time. Uh, it was rumored about happening, and now finally we're getting it in the second. Um, so very exciting to see that. I'm sure me and my PC buddies will be getting onto that and tearing it up in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, oh, but boy. Kevin... Let's uh, let's have you weigh in uh, as someone that maybe got to play some of the games we've talked about. Uh, what was your sort of game of the show? Um, so I've already mentioned Zelda. That's probably my number one. But um, yeah, on games that I've actually demoed, um, can't believe I'm saying this, but Ubisoft just about stole the show for me. Uh, wow. For Honor and Ghost Recon Wildlands were really really solid. Um, mm. For Honor especially, I love, I sort of loved the medieval setting, and they just, you know, combined European knights, um, samurai, and Vikings all into one big, like, pot, and just went nuts on, like, the creativity, like, they're not following any official historical periods, they're just sort of playing around with it, and it, just the presentation alone was sick, and the gameplay was absolutely magnificent, I absolutely loved For Honor, um, and that's hopefully when they come like I've already signed up to the alpha and betas because I'm just that excited to play more um, <laughs> it was really solid so that's probably one of my one of my game of the shows um, Ghost Recon Wildlands also really really solid um, we had a four player co-op demo um, so it was me Shannon wow. and two other guys that were playing and it was just as a co-op experience it was just so much fun like mm. we were like just messing around and like we had to like sync up our shots and do everything stealthily and when everything you know hit the fan um we all had to improvise on the spot um a really cool bit was when we had to capture a vip target and he was alerted by one of our guys so he he jumped into a car and we like had to improvise a like a car chase on the spot so we all jumped into like bikes and stuff and just chased him down and that was like it felt really organic you know i i it felt sort of scripted but like it just felt so in the moment that we didn't care, like we were just into it so much, um, that's a game that I think will really come alive in co-op, and hopefully, if, um, hopefully some of us will you know pick it up 
um, and we can all, you know, get a co-op experience together. Yeah, just tell me which platform you want to. I, I'm I'm right with you there, man. That game looks really cool. Just a kind of co-op experience that I like, you know, partially why I'm so excited for State of Decay. Um, so back to, I'm curious about For Honor, because I saw uh, Shannon tweet out earlier today that he was surprised that you liked the game so much, um, but you, you clearly, clearly do. Uh, so was it Dark Souls-esque? Because that's the only game I've known you <laughs> really praise to the same extent. Um, you know, um, what, a, what about the gameplay kind of made you dig it so much? Okay, it's it's not really Dark Souls esque. It is it is quite tough though. Like I found the challenge to be really like good. Like mm. knowing Ubisoft games, they kind of hold your hand, especially with Assassin's Creed. And like I could, I could play Assassin's Creed Syndicate like blindfolded at this point. It's just that <laughs> easy. Um, but for Honor's really challenging. Like especially um, there's this uh, the main pillar of gameplay is called the Art of War, and it's where you sort of go into a 1v1 or even like 1v2 or even 1v3, um, but you try and go 1v1 because it gets really hard. Um, and you basically got a, you've got like a three-directional sort of defense attack system where you control your defense with the right thumbstick. Um, so you go up, left, right, and you've got a, it's like a, almost a game of like Simon Says where you've got to match the attacking direction of the opponent. So if the opponent hits up on a D, D, um, on a directional pad, you've got to hit up and defend. But to attack successfully, you've got to hit some like the opposite. Like you've got to hit left or right instead of up. And it's just sort of, it sounds, it's like a easy to learn, hard to master. And it was just, it's really intuitive and really in depth. And they throw in a ton of like contextual things. Like you can like, charge and tackle and like throw someone against a wall and or like throw it throw them off a bridge or against like some spikes and it's just a really neat mix um of all these elements that come together and probably the most fun part of it was just like there's regular enemies and then there's the bigger enemies that you have to go 1v1 but with the regular enemies you can just like completely mow through them so it was like it was like a mix of dynasty warriors with like you know, strategy sort of um, attacking. So it was just a really good mix of sort of both genres. So that's probably what I liked the most of it. And mixed with the presentation, which I said, you know, I had a really soft spot for medieval sort of periods. Um, just combining all that together just felt like a win to me. I, I like, I walked away from that demo going, holy crap, I've, I've never been happier with a Ubisoft game in like, you know, eight years. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for for Honor, obviously. E3 has clearly changed you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm curious now, as we sort of segue into our next topic uh, about so oh, game oh. announcement. Oh, sorry, you got something? Can I to just add? I had my I had my my third one, which oh. I really wanted to discuss. Yeah, please um, go for it. What did people think of Resident Evil Seven? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I. You mean PT? I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was nearly going to add it to my list based, you know, purely off the fact that how it reminded me of PT. I think the whole entirely VR thing is really cool as well. Um, why was it that it sounded out to you or stood out to you, I should say? Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily say it is one of my favorite things at E3, but it was definitely one of those things that like I was most memorable was that moment of going, oh, this is a direction for the series I didn't think they would go. Yeah. Um, it definitely, definitely, as I suspected, uh, about as faithful to their roots as, you know, I expected. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, you're 
gonna make it like PT slash Amnesia? I didn't think we would get a Resident Evil game like this. It almost doesn't even feel like Resident Evil, I guess, but... So, yeah. are you happy about it, or I don't, not? It's like, it doesn't, it looks like a good game, but I don't know if it's a game that I will play. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the game that Gotham perhaps deserves, but uh, something <laughs> along those lines. I don't know how the quote goes. I tried a, I tried a movie reference for you, Medi, but I failed abysmally. I'm sorry. You tried, you tried. <laughs> Anyone else have any input on? Well, uh, yeah, like uh, Resident Evil was cool. I actually wanted to give a shout out to, um, I guess, like some of the other announcements. I thought Xbox's conference was really good. I actually tweeted out afterwards that uh, Xbox's conference was exceptional. Can't see how Sony can be able to top this. Good luck. And they absolutely smashed them out of the park. Uh, <laughs> but um, their conference was really good. I thought they handled the Scorpio announcement really well. I kind of said this last week. One thing I failed to mention though last week was I think it's really cool that uh, all their Xbox games are now going to be available to PC players just kind of as is. Like, you just mm. kind of get that access. Yes. Um, that I think... Well, yeah. Well, you win. It's not really cool. cool announcement. It's not cool because um, I am never getting anything done again. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's not cool. <laughs> I'll just go and edit this. Uh, maybe I'll keep playing Forza. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like it, it, as a as a PC gamer and it's predominantly a PC gamer, um, it just means that I'll buy every game on Xbox now because why not? Like I get I get it on the PC as well. I'll play it predominantly there. But you know, if my back's playing up because I've sat in my desk chair for eight hours that day, I'll just go and sit back, lay back on the couch and play it on my Xbox, um, and it's just going to transfer over seamlessly uh, for the most part by the sounds things, so I think that was just a really cool, nice little announcement. And was there anything else like that that got anyone's attention? Uh, uh, I, uh, my feelings are more ecstatic, but I somehow completely forgot in this discussion to mention Titanfall 2. I was My expectations oh, yes. were absolutely met. I am very excited for Titanfall 2. Um, um the campaign looks great. The multiplayer looks better than ever. Just oh, super into it on all levels. Just mm. what did you yeah, think? I, think, uh, I, think, I, think, I forgot um, we uh, we shared I, a time. I actually I actually went hands on with that. Um, oh oh, here we I'm, go. Um, Here comes I'm, Big Kev. Oh, I'm, yeah, sorry. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm better than you. <laughs> Did you get to enjoy the campaign or the new multiplayer stuff? No, it was just a, it was a quick multiplayer match. Um, How is the grappling hook? Look, uh, the grappling hook was sick, but I'm gonna have to burst your <laughs> bubble because Titanfall. I walked away disappointed. I I, oh, I, I, I know. I, like, I was I was hyped for this game, but what, after we walked out of the demo, I was like, it was it wasn't enough. Like it was too much like Titanfall One, and unfortunately. I can see this game going the exact same route as the first one. I can see it dying after like three, four months. And I really don't want it to die because I was a big fan of the first one. And I enjoy all the mechanics. I enjoy the gunplay. I enjoy... The, I love the grappling hook. I love the t- Titans. It's it's a lot more fast-paced as well. Um, like, it's the, they've reinvented the parkour mechanics as well. And it feels really smooth. Like, even smoother than before. And um, But, like, it just felt like it wasn't enough. Like, I just... It just felt too similar to the first, um, and like Shannon and I, we both walked away going, like it was good, but it's it's just not enough to capture an audience. Like it's it's not gonna it's not gonna keep people around, unfortunately. But you know that that's just my impressions. Um, don't kill me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair we'll enough. Uh, we'll let you live for now, Kevin. We'll uh, just have to speak have for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
so let's skip over the next topic and go uh, to Mighty Number no. Nine, uh, which is releasing this week. Oh, um, it's probably out as of the time you listen to this podcast. I think I'm not entirely sure. There, anyone know the exact release date for that? I uh, think it's out in a few hours or something. Isn't mm. it? Yeah, We're all yeah, going so check. Em- embargo's lifted, though, definitely. Yeah, the embargo certainly lifted, uh, and the reviews haven't been favourable. Uh, it's upsetting to hear. Um, which made me wonder, what oh, happens... Oh, it comes out the 30th. Comes out the 30th. Oh, okay, oh, wait, so wait, no, a bit of time. No, no EB well, Games has really weird. The, the Xbox One version comes out the 24th, and the PS4 version comes out the 30th. Oh, What's okay. the PC version like? <laughs> Is there a PC version? I want to establish there, this. There's no one here. It's, hopefully, it's it hits 60 FPS because the PS4 doesn't even hit 60 FPS. Yeah, it's... I'm just. Um, I recall seeing someone on Twitter complaining that backers hadn't gotten their copies, but reviews are out there. Hmm. Yeah, so that's. That's. <laughs> that, uh, that's a swear word. <laughs> I, I don't even care, you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, here's the release date. So, Japan, June 21st. PAL Territories, June 24th. 3DS, Vita, TBA. There we go. Okay, so it was uh, So, 24th. So, it's, it won't be out by the time you're listening to this, unless you're listening to the podcast late. Um, 24th. So, yeah, reviews have not been favorable. They have been rather, rather low. I think on the Metacritic, it's sitting around about a score of 60, 60-something, mm. um, which, you know, probably not what backers were hoping it would be. Uh, yes, it's sitting bang on 60 at the moment on Metacritic. So, my question yep. to you guys is, like, what, what happens if a Kickstarter game sucks? Like, a game... You know, in this case, it's been delayed time after time after again, and something you've put money forward in advance to see come to fruition. Um, you know, like, what sort of implications do you think that have? Uh, Maddie, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, first you go into denial, and uh, what comes up? Now, <laughs> it, it, it is a risk that you're going. It's a risk that you're going to take because, like with regular games, you don't know it all, always if they're going to be good. Like, there are a lot of games that preview well, and then the end result is simply not as strong of a product. And, yet, to be fair, it's still better than a game coming out and sucking than not coming out at all. Like, there was a game I read about earlier this week. I'm, I'm not sure about the title, but, like, backers could um, back up to $300 into that project. And they flat out said, yeah, we're quitting development, we're stopping, like, uh, but we can only give you a Steam key worth 15 bucks for a different game. Like, these are right. people backing $300 and getting a $15 Steam key as compensation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think of that as a worse scenario, but I can definitely feel how this stings, because... Like, when you buy a $60 game, you know, you're at a fixed price point. That's what you're investing in it. You're not investing more than others. But this is def- this is a situation where people are not just investing in buying the game, but investing in development. And I think that's why it's worse than the critical reception of a regular title. Because it's yeah, it's just a lot, of, lot more personal for those backers. Because there are a lot of people with this project who really excited for it they were some people really they spent a small fortune backing this and i I don't think there's 
much to say as to how the logistics because yeah this is how a kickstarter works how crowd crowdfunding when it goes wrong because that's the thing a lot of people don't understand about crowdfunding is that it can go both ways you know either you you get the product that you were promised or you get the money number nine that, that's basically it Mm, mm. What, where do you come down on this, Fergus? Do you think there needs to be some sort of form of compensation for people that mm, might have been no. disappointed by um, this? No, I totally, I like, I totally get that with Kickstarter games, especially if you're supporting a game through development like that, you're gonna feel way more emotionally invested in it than maybe just pre-ordering the next Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed. Um, but like going into it, crowdfunding is you're making a donation. Um, and, like, I've kickstarted a lot of things. Some of them have been good, some of them have turned out bad. Some of them I'm still waiting on, and some of them I have, like, received and just haven't gotten around to playing. Um, mm. it, it's almost like the, you're making the emotional investment about of um, making that project happen more than mid-playing that game, I guess. Like, that's at least that's how I see it. That's, yeah, it's a nice way of looking at it. I, I quite like that angle. Like, I... At the at the at the moment, I'm I'm very excited about Psychonauts 2, um, mm. which I kicked money towards. But if you put Psychonauts 2 in front of me right now, I don't really know if I would want to play it at this second. But I'm excited uh, to support the effort of making a Psychonauts 2 a thing that exists. I guess, and like for me at least, the best Kickstarters are ones where you get to actually see into that development process uh, and how the thing you're supporting comes together, be it a book, be it a vinyl record, be it a video game, like, like, even if you, the thing you receive at the end is not amazing, like, the process, getting to be part of that process is sort of what you're buying into, for me. Hmm. Yeah, 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 I think, I think that's quite a, a, again, a nice way of looking at it, um, what about your yourself, Kev? How do, how can you see this instance impacting future sort of Kickstarters? We've obviously had quite high profile games Kickstarted, something like Ukulele, um, mm, the spiritual yeah. the successor to Banjo and Kazooie. Um, but uh, yeah, like how how can you see this affecting people's willingness to sort of donate in advance? I, I think uh, at this point, it's more uh, Mighty Number no. Nine is more of a drop in the ocean. Um, it, it'll have to take a series of uh, Kickstarter projects that will all like bomb critically. Totally agree. Um, mm, to totally really agree. stop the flow. Um, so you know, if Shenmue Three, if Ukulele, if um, Psychonauts Two, if they all bomb, I can definitely see uh, Kickstarter projects start to really lose steam. Uh, however, at this moment, like records are still being broken left and right. Like um, Shenmue Three, like hit its goal in what ten hours? That's and it was like two four million. Um, Psychonauts Two hit its goal in a couple of days. Um, I myself, I only backed a couple of projects, um, and I did end up backing Bloodstained, um, mm. the Castlevania mm. sort of successor, just because I got to play it on floor. And I'm like, so I, I actually went hands on, and I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna back it. So I splurged a little for the physical edition because I really want that physical edition. Um, but I wouldn't ever back a game, no matter what talents behind it, no matter what game it was, I would never back it without actually getting like a demo or something. I just it's 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 like a gamble where the odds are just stacked against you, because um, mm. you know. Well, best case scenario, it turns out to be absolutely amazing. Game of the year. You can still go and pick it up, you know? It's not like 
there's not going to be a shortage of it. You can buy it on Steam or, you know, buy it on, you know, physical retail if it's really that big. Or, you know, just jump on PSN or Xbox, Microsoft Store, whatever. You can pick it up. You can buy it. You're not going to, you're not going to lose your window. Um, but, you know, it's... Oh, I've completely lost my point. <laughs> I'm not... All... <laughs> all, all good. You, I think you've made a good point there, and I think you guys have provided some some real interesting insight into Kickstarter, and I guess the sort of expectations that come along or come along with it. Uh, but before we wrap up this podcast, how about we have a quick game of what the wiki? What do you say? Yeah. I I've I got like a scoreboard app to like try and make this more official because you know having an app suddenly here we go score counter so. We have Fergus sitting on one point at the moment, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. And then correct. Shannon out on three. Um, has anyone else won one that I am missing? Uh, I won one. one. Uh, I've lost every single one I've been on. So. <laughs> that's so we've just had played it the four times, right? Um, I think that's no. Medi won one. Medi won one. I think yeah. so. Medi, are you not owning up to winning one? <laughs> I, I just said it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Did. Um, I'll verify that this happened. All right, so Medi is also on a point. So we have second place, I guess, up for grabs between Fergus and Medi in this round, or Kevin could potentially get on the scoreboard. Uh, So much anticipation indeed. Let me read you the first game. Remember, the first one to shout out with the correct game title scores a point, and the best of the best of, or the first person to get two points wins this round. Uh, it's as simple as that, and you guys can play along at home by shouting into your iPhone or whatever device you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, here we go. The game known as Rockman 3 Dr. Wily no Saigo in Japan is a video game developed and published by Capcom for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It is the third game of the original series and was originally released in Japan in September 1990. The game localized to North America later in 1990 and European regions in 1992. Taking place after the events of the second game, the plot follows the titular hero as he helps his creator, Dr. Light, and a former villain, Dr. Wily, collect parts for a peacekeeping robot by defeating several oh. robot masters that have gone haywire. God damn it! I know you are, you are killing people at home at this point. Shit. I know it. <laughs> a platform action game. The, a platform action game. Oh, the game Fergus. follows the same format, just, yeah? Just... I'm pitching it with Mega Man. Uh, I need a. I need a. Oh, need a number. I need a number. X. Keep trying. Keep guessing. Three. Three. I'll Zero. give it to you, sir. <laughs> three. <laughs> three. Mega Man Three was the correct answer. It's only four years before I was born. There was there was a few clues that it was the third game. Yeah, included. yeah, yeah it, was it was the pretty third apparent. game of the original <laughs> series. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really cool uh, <coughs> that it's called Rockman 3 Dr. Wily no Saigo in Japan. Oh, I thought you said Rock Band. Yeah, no, <laughs> I heard that as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it goes rock, way back. Rockman 3. I should have slowed down. Oh, Harmonix development. Words better. I was so confused. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but uh, obviously I included that in the list as Mighty Number no. 9 was the spiritual successor to Mega Man, created by the same creator. KJ and Ifune. Uh, are we ready for the second game, folks? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> the game is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the GameCube and Wii home video game consoles. It is the oh, uh, Fergus. What? Yep. Twilight, uh, Zelda Twilight Princess. 
Bravo for Oh my god, what the hell? He takes it in one fell swoop. <laughs> that was actually Nintendo, amazing. it's not oh fair. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the clue there was that it was published to both the GameCube and the Wii. Yeah. And I believe Zelda Twilight Princess was the only game to do that. Damn. Um, also relevant as uh, Twilight... As, uh, Breath, Breath of, the, of wild. the Wind, Breath wild. of the Wild, sorry. I always call it Breath of the Wind. Breath of the Wild will also be bridging consoles between the Wii and the NX, the Wii U and the NX, I should say. Well done, Fergus. Bravo, sir. Thank you. That was Shannon, impressive. That was impressive. It was, was you know, impressive. maybe Definitely. a bit dubious on that Mega Man. I think I maybe kind of gave you yeah. a, a little leeway there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So Fergus secures second spot at the moment, one point behind Shannon on three. He better hurry back from the US pronto if he wants to keep this lead, I reckon. <laughs> Alrighty, well with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 57 of the Startcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice. Just search the Startcast. Be sure to follow us on Press Start or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube at PressStartAU, as well as visiting the site, of course, at PressStart.com.au. Send us your topics, tweet them to either myself or at PressStart. Uh, I've been a bit slack in doing that recently, but I, if you guys have got anything you want to add, feel free to do so. I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at UNT Roxborough. Joining us today was Fergus. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CVamped. Uh, I've got some cool features and stuff in the works for Press Start coming up. So look Cool. Looking forward to those. Uh, we've also been joined today by Medi. Hello, everyone. You can follow me on Twitter on Medzatnan. And for photography fans, I'm starting a new expose next week on Instagram. So you can also follow me there on Medzatnan. Oh, wow. That's nice. really cool, dude. Interesting. Thanks. Is, uh, how long have you been working on this? Um, uh, it's, it's actually going to be a work in progress. I am going to start working on it. It's basically you can follow it from the beginning to the end. That part. Mm. This week I'm getting all my equipment done, and then uh, next week I am doing test material and such, so you can follow mm. the entire process. That's really cool, man. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Looking as if you aren't busy enough. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and we've also been joined today by Kevin. Hey, you can follow me on Genghis Khan 92 without the H. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, I'm just finishing wrapping up my E3 articles. Just got a few more to push out, but yeah, just keep following Press Start to keep an eye out. You know, no, yeah, just... stoked to see all those. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Happy gaming. See you, see you later, later, everyone. everyone.